Hey everyone, it's Anna J. Wellner with the Bookish Nook, a part of the Author Library Network in partnership with Creative Edge Publicity. And with me today, I have author Zachary Hagen. Zach, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, I am so excited to be on the show. So I am the author of a short story, uh, Lux Terra, an origin story, uh, Eternity's Well, and the novel Planning Workbook. Wow, Eternity's Well is the first book in the Eternal Chronicle series, and it introduces us to the world of Lux Terra in, in, in book. And so what was the world building process like for you in Lux Terra? Are there charts and maps and? <laughs> Gosh, um, I have, so I love the passion planners and I have about three of those that have bits and pieces of it in there because I started working on this book when I was in college. Um, and initially it was a very different story. Um, oh. I don't know if you've ever read or watched the one season they had of the secret circle, but part of it was based off of that. And then I loved um, Avatar, the last airbender. So I took some stuff from that. I love CS Lewis and um J.R. Tolkien. So I took some stuff from that and I ended up with this mishmash that ended up feeling original <laughs> to me because it's this fantasy world that is a modern fantasy world with cell phones and high-speed trains and game systems and all these things that we're used to, but then there's this magical component as well. So cool. So it's kind of like urban fantasy, like high-level urban fantasy. Kind of. Um, it doesn't spend a whole lot of time in the city and it's not in any way set in our world, but it does have some of those elements of urban fantasy. Okay, so sort of like a parallel universe mm -hmm. where stuff that we have still exists, but it's an entirely different realm. Right, and because magic exists there, there's this whole industry that evolved around the combination of magic and technology called magic technology. So can we, can we have that here? That sounds really cool. <laughs> I know I was super excited when I was writing it. Like um, the first chapter in the book talks about this explosion that happens because of like a magic technology accident. Ooh. And it's, I don't think I realized how integral it would be to the world and the story when I originally wrote that, but it's become a, a really important part, especially the second book, as I'm writing that. I'm about halfway through the first draft right now. I was going to ask that later, but since we're on the topic, um, is there going to be a second book? Uh, how many books will be in the series? Do you know that yet? Or is this just kind of yeah. where we know there's going to be a second book and we'll see how far we can go with the characters, however far they want to go. Yeah, so I'm very much a plotter. I okay. know what the final scene in the book or in the series looks like already. And I'm kind of just planning my way there. Gotcha. So I was always told by my <laughs> professors in college, both for music and in English to begin with the end in mind. And so that's what I did. So I have a five book arc planned for the main series. Awesome. Um, the second one, Eternity's Mirror, should in theory be out in January, February at the latest. 
Oh, wow. Very, very exciting. Guys, I will have all of Zachary's or uh, his um, Amazon.com page uh, down in the description below so that you can go and check out what he has available now and make sure that you follow him so that yeah, you know absolutely. what he's got coming soon. Um, so high fantasy, even young adult high fantasy is mm -hmm. or it can be such a huge undertaking. What has been the most difficult part of this series for you so far? Oh, gosh, what's the most difficult? I think being honest on the page because these are real characters and I had to learn pretty quickly that for me, when I'm having writer's block, it's because I'm trying to make the characters do something that they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. um, I actually stopped working on the first book for about a year <laughs> because I was trying to write the scene and it just, it wasn't working because the characters would not have been doing the things that they were doing and it wouldn't it wasn't making sense with the rest of the story so i pulled that scene out and i said okay we're gonna scrap it and they have to do something else here sometimes so. you can't force creativity and i think that that gets lost on some people they think you know you can just power through and that's what authors do they just power through and they can write it and sometimes it's not that easy you have to right. wait for inspiration to strike and that's why sometimes you get, you know, I'm in the middle of something that is, has taken almost a year at this point. And I'm like, you know, I keep going back and I keep, you know, having mm -hmm. these moments of inspiration and I'm like, oh, that has to go in. And so, you know, right. it's not always, it kind of has to flow organically sometimes and you just have to well, accept that. It does. Um, thankfully, I learned so much from that after I stopped forcing that. Anytime I came across it, I was like, okay, we're going to change it. Yep. That's not working. If it's not flowing, then we're going to try something else. Adapt, adapt and overcome, as they say. Um, <laughs> and that holds true in writing too. I know uh, that, well, I mean, you've already said um, about plotting. Um, but has there been a time where something went awry in the, well, you just said, uh, sometimes things do go awry in the story and not necessarily exactly as you had planned out. How do you, yeah. how do you, how do you deal with that? Does it change the entire plan that you have in place or do you just make it kind of weave itself in with the original plan? So it depends on the situation. I know I've had ideas that I've written down that would completely change the ending and trajectory of right. this book and the rest of the series. And I haven't decided if that's a good thing or a bad thing yet. So I haven't made the change in my plan, the actual like the plot of the book. I plan. haven't changed it, but I'm like, ah, would it work? Would it not? So it's... Right. It can. Oftentimes the little <laughs> changes don't. Um, I know, like, I don't plan characters' names out in advance. Like in the second book, they come across these three, I'll call them beings in the forest because I don't, or in the jungle, because I don't yep. want to give away too much of what exactly happens. Because I love how it's revealed. Three individuals. Um, three <laughs> individuals. Um, and I came up with their names as I was writing this as I was writing the chapter. Um, so some things like that, I don't plan. Um, other things, 
Well, in the first book, there's a prophecy that I didn't know about until I got to that chapter. And then I was like, well, of course there has to be prophecy because one, it's a trope of the series. And I think I actually make fun of the trope. I have the character make fun of the trope in the chapter. Oh, um, I, that. I think I do. I think that stayed in the final copy. Um, but I mean, there's something that you just kind of have to do, especially when it's young adult fiction and it's a fantasy yeah. world. It just, it makes sense. And it works for the characters. It doesn't feel shoehorned in, but I didn't know right. it was going to be there until I knew it was going to be there. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know that um, I, you mentioned, you know, just a couple of characters and they're, they're tertiary characters, but I know, I just know that you secretly have to have a favorite character um, or then again, maybe not, but uh, do your fans seem to have a favorite? Is there one character that just everybody seems to love or that you love? Everyone has told me that they love Nick's Cascada. So Nick's okay. Cascada is this very bubbly, vivacious, fish out of water kind of person because he's a cursed merman who lost his tail because a sea witch um, tried to drown him. And so but he doesn't take himself too seriously in most circumstances. And so when he does, it really packs a punch um, because he's very easygoing until he isn't. And then those things hit him hard. Um, and I love that about him. I will say he's not my favorite character because if he was my favorite character, he would be the main character of the series. Right, right, right. Um, so I love... <laughs> Elior, and he's the main character of the series. And I love him because he's kind of the catch-all character. Okay. Where most of the time, the reader will be in his head and seeing things from his perspective most of the time, um, especially after the first book. And he's, he's written to be relatable. His life is hard. He doesn't know what to do. And he's very... I would say misguided at sometimes, and he doesn't know where to look for the right direction to go sometimes. Hey, we've all been there. So exactly. absolutely relatable. So that's why he's my favorite character because I feel like I see a lot of myself in him and yeah. it's written that way on purpose. People are supposed to be able to see themselves in him, you know, but and his friends are there to relate to as well. Yeah, and, and that really, whenever you have such a strong tie to a character that really does come across on the page, they're more multidimensional, they're more layered, there's more uh, connection that, that, that readers have with an authentically written character. And character development seems to be one of the areas that you focus on. It has to be a, a, a delicate mix of world building and character development uh, with such high fantasy. Absolutely. I will say, I, I try to make it a character-driven story. You know, mm -hmm. what would the characters do in this right. circumstance um, and how would they change? How does the, but then world building comes into that as well, like you said, because when I introduced magic technology, I didn't realize how big a part that was going to play in the books. I thought I was just mentioning it for a, um, for one chapter and then we kind of moved on from that but then it has come back in the story for the second book in such a way where it's it's literally one of the main plot points 
it's amazing how something that seems inconsequential at the time can later play such a big role in the entire series. Believe me, um, I understand. <laughs> um, I've been there. And, uh, and also characters, too. You may, you know, uh, intend for them to be secondary or even tertiary characters. And then they just worm their way into that one of those prime spots. And uh, they end up being taking on more of a focus as the as the uh, the series progresses. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that absolutely happened because I had started writing the second book when I was going back and forth with my editor and she's like you could probably delete this character and i'm like if i do the second book's not gonna make any sense <laughs> gotcha it became more important later not as much in the first <laughs> book but they jump in and become more important later yes i yeah i know um is it's uh it's always a um uh, it's it's like kind of a hidden a little you know you're thinking to yourself like just wait just wait, just mm -hmm. wait. My master plan will, will be revealed. There is a method to the madness. <laughs> right. It's kind of like I was always told in my creative writing classes, like, don't leave the gun on the mantle um, in reference to like, if you put something somewhere, it has to have significance. Right. And for a multi-part series, sometimes that significance doesn't appear in the first book. Very, very true. Sometimes it can be a couple of books later that you sense have to be there. Right. And that's what makes things enjoyable for for the reader, especially in a series, are those aha moments when it finally starts to come together. And they say, I remember something. Oh, my. That's what he was talking about. <gasps> yeah, I love it. You know, I have I've had literally had like two books open trying to find references for things when I've been reading other authors. Like, oh, that's where it tied back to. Yes. It's really exciting. Yeah. Um, it's exciting for us to read. And so whenever we start, you know, on this journey of becoming an author, we take those things that we love from other books and incorporate them into our own. And that's so much uh, enjoyment. Uh, for, for the reader and for us as authors to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. I have thoroughly enjoyed writing. I will say getting past the hurdle of a first book has made yeah. writing a second one so much easier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always, it, it is always difficult to, especially in a series, because you have so many different foundations to establish mm -hmm. that have to stay constant um for the rest of the series in a way there are always things that can change but there have to be some constants um like there always has to be magic unless you go to a different realm where magic doesn't exist or is not allowed to be practiced or something like that so you have to keep you have to establish some constants mm -hmm. in the first book that you're fine with and committed to staying with <laughs> so it does take um take a little more time to get that first one down it does absolutely
Yeah. Well, this is the first book in the series. And, and uh, did you grow up loving, I mean, you said that you did, uh, reading high fantasy. I mean, how did this whole story, how did Lux Terra really come to you? I mean, you said it was a kind of amalgamation of things, but was there anything personally that really wove its way into the story that's specifically Zachary Hagen? So it didn't start out this one. I think that my own experience definitely informed it and helped it to become what it is and sort of moved it into this realm of being a personal story. Because initially I was just like, I have the story. I think it's great. We're going to tell it. But then I had a really traumatic experience um, in January where I lost a friend and I lost my job at the time. And it was this really kind of pivotal moment where a lot of my own self-doubt crept into the story and became something that I overcame by writing it. Sorry for the bell. No, no, that's okay. No, no worries. Um, yeah, that's that's amazing. And getting that into the story, I mean, can be a kind of catharsis and a kind of, of you know, um, a way for you to cope and to release some stress into by getting it down into a story. It kind of releases that. Yeah. And I... I've seen more of that creep into the story as I've been writing it, where it's still an important part of it, where I may be emotionally better and past that, but it became such an integral part of one of the characters that he's going through this journey of self-discovery and really understanding his place in the world. And it's, it's a lot of change. It's a lot of trauma. It's a lot of learning. And I love that about the series because it's something that I feel like a lot of people will get something from, not just to read it because it's entertaining, but because this character. You jumped my question. It can be done. You jumped my question. I was going to ask for uh, the last question. What is it that you hope that your readers take away from the series? And you just said. If I could boil it down into one word, I would say hope. I love that. I love that. Everyone go make sure that you check this book out. As I said, the link is in the description below. Zachary, thank you so much for coming on the show today, taking time out of your day to sit and have a chat with me. Everyone else, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, what are you waiting for? Don't miss out on great upcoming content um, and stay safe, stay healthy. And Zach, I'm sure I will see you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye.